If you're visiting with us uh, here at Boulevard, we welcome you. But what we are doing is we are going through um, the New Testament church, and in particular, what does the New Testament or the, um, the Bible have to say about the church? We're looking at the calling and different, um, uh, the structure of it, um, maybe the order. But today, what we're going to look at is actually giving. And I don't know about you, but it's not a topic I, I don't think I hear a lot about. Um, there is uh, somewhat of, of, let's pray actually before we get started and ask the Lord's help. Our Father, we just ask, Lord, as we look into uh, your word and into uh, a topic, Lord, that is uh, preached in your, it is teached in your word, Lord, pray that you give us help. In Lord Jesus' name we pray, amen. So giving, um, it's not something that you hear a lot um, because when it comes to monetary, especially when it comes to monetary um, uh, items, you know, coinage, uh, money, credit cards, and and financial. There's a, there's a especially in the West. There's a lot of programs. If you work in in any kind of job, they have things that here's the plan you need to take, and you need to invest your money, and you need to do this, and you need to do, to do that. And the Christian can, so to speak, you know, forget about those. Um, can forget about what the Scripture says or what God would have him do with what God gave him, or that person, her. And they could follow this, and we we tend to get a little shy, maybe, or 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 you don't you can't tell me what to do with my money, right? Or who are you to be my financial counselor, right? And in 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 this in this particular topic, I'm not looking to be your financial counselor either. But what we're going to do, and and it has been for me as we look at this, what are we to give, right? We're going to ask uh, basic questions when it comes to this. You know, who is it that uh, who is the givers, right? Who are the givers? Well, we're going to look at why. Why are we giving? Why do we give? And then we're going to look at what. What are we giving? And then how. How should we give it? It matters the way that you give it. And where. Where are we giving it to? And, and, and as we look at these things, and it's a very uh, surface area um, study of this, but hopefully, especially around this season, right, uh, we just passed the holiday um, that's called Thanksgiving, right? Giving thanks. And we give thanks for uh, certain things. And, you know, even the, um, the, um, the heathen world or, the, you know, the ones who are not Christians, they even recognize this, right? Oh, this is a time to give thanks and to remember. Now, they won't include, most of them won't include God in that picture, right? They'll give thanks for all you know, the luck or wherever they want to say the blessings that you've been blessed with. But the, the fact of the matter is, is deep in, in, in everybody, even if you're a Christian or not, you understand that the resources that you've been given, even the life that you're breathing in the air, comes from somebody else. It did not originate with you. And while you're at work and you're working hard and, and there's this idea that, look, here's the money I'm learning, it's not yours, right? Now, that might come to you as a shock, but it came from somebody else. It comes from God. But anyway, before we get started, I'm, at least in the New Testament, there is one thing I want to look at as a picture. This is, this, is, this is an Old Testament person, but I think he captures a little bit of what we're going to talk about. In 1 Chronicles 28, uh, t- excuse me, 29, if you'd like to turn there, you can, but I'm going to read it. This is that um, this particular person who it abs- it ends up being as King David. 
Now, King David had it in his heart that he wanted to build God something. And God, being who he is, being all-powerful, all-knowing, not needing anything, it says that God is no man's debtor, right? So God doesn't need anything from man. He's self-sufficient. But David decides, look, in his own way of thinking, it's almost like, you know, um, when, you, when you're talking about giving gifts, you know, as a, as a parent, not that I would experience this, but I can understand it, you know, if your child gives you a, a something that they've made, right, it's not necessarily something of value. It might have some dried, like, you know, macaroni glued on and something like this, and it says, I love you or something, but it means something, right, to you, and it, and it speaks to the heart. Well, when it comes to God, he's self-sufficient, doesn't need anything, but I, there's something of that element, I would think, when God, when David had this heart, uh, in his own mind to build God a house, a, tent, a dwelling where God could be with his people, and God would dwell there, and there would be fellowship. Anyway, but the Lord comes back and says, well, that's great, but I'm going to build you a house instead. And what a tremendous promise that was, but we won't get into that. But at the end, David was not the one to build it, but he was the one to gather the resources. He was the one, if you think about the building of the temple, Solomon maybe did the physical work, but the architect was David, right? The plans came from David. And David gathered all the, um, the resources from it. But it says this at, at David's, he's praying, for, he's praying for the things that God blessed them with and the desire and, and, and going forward with these plans. It says this in verse 14. But who am I and who are my people? Who's David? Who are the Israelites, in particular in this, in this verse? that we should, be offer, we should be able to offer as generous as this. For all things come from thee, and from thine hand we have, uh, and, and from thine hand we have given to thee. So what does David say first? Well, we, we, he recognizes that, you know, who are we to give to somebody who's self-sufficient? He counted it as a privilege, right? So that's the first thing that you notice here. It was a privilege to give back to God. But also says this, he says, all things come from you. Right? This is not something that originated with us. You gave it to us. It came from your hand. Now we're just giving it back to you. And, and David counted this as a privilege. And look at verse 15. For we are sojourners before thee, and tenants, as our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no hope. And so David recognized the life of man. They're, they're, they're in, this is God's earth. They're tenants. They're journeying through. And to think to not to render to the person who owns it would, be, would not be right, right? To go through this life, to go through his own field, to work in his, on his earth and to, and to yield its produce and to use it for myself and not give back to him, that wouldn't be right, right? So David understood that. He says, we are sojourners before thee. Tenants, our life is very short, right? He, he puts things into perspective, right? Life is short. There's a book that's written... I think the name that is it Tim Cahill. One last thing, uh, one thing you can't do in heaven. Have you heard about this? Right. Yeah, it is Tim Cahill. He's a former basketball player, but he says that the book is called One Thing That You Can't Do in Heaven. I say, well, that's pretty shocking. There's probably several things you can't do um, in heaven, or one. That's it. Yeah. But the the point of the book is is witnessing. He says once you get to heaven, there's no more witnessing, right? Everybody's a Christian there. And so one other thing you can't do while you're in heaven is give, right? The things that, the uh, monetary things, both spiritual gifts as well, but the things God has given to you, you have one chance to do it right now. David recognized that. We are, journey, we are sojourners, we are tenants on the earth. 
as our fathers were in days of old. So all the earth, I mean, it's not just with the church. Everybody is like, has been like this. Our days are a shadow and there's no hope. And it says this in verse 16. This is where we'll stop for this section. But it says, O Lord God, all this abundance that we have provided to build thee a house for thy holy name is from thine hand and, and all is thine. So not only did it come from God's hand, but the abundance to actually do it came from God's hand too. And that's going to come into our thinking when we talk about giving in New Testament practices. The amount that I give, um, keep in mind this. And, and we, you know, some of this we will try to clear up because I think this topic sometimes is very much misunderstood. Um, while I'm speaking about this, um, I was meaning to have a, a several handouts, but um, several technical di- difficulties. But on the back board, and if you come tonight, I will supply this for you. There's two sheets. Um, the right in the middle, look at them. There's several verses that I won't be going over, but a brother, Randy Amos, um, pulls them out, and it's, it's, it's uh, principles about giving and giving uh, 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 and how to give and things like that. So if you want a copy of those verses, it's great. It's great. Um, somebody already went ahead and pulled out all those verses. You can let me know. I will make several copies and bring them tonight. Okay, so looking back to our, our subject. So looking at the very top, we looked at our questions. So the who, well, it's all the members of the body of the church. It says that um, in, in, in Ephesians 4, it says that he likens, the God likens the church to a body, a human body, right? And the human body, and it's put together, and, and I perhaps don't... Um, uh, maybe take as much appreciation as somebody maybe in the medical world that would, uh, like Brother Sephora, somebody that would look down and look in the microscope and see how things work together and just the, the different uh, uh, members and how they complement each other and how they keep you alive. That's how he, uh, God or the Holy Spirit would liken the church to. It's like a body. The head being in heaven itself, right? The Lord Jesus. But the body, it's, it supplies the need from within itself. God has given it all it needs to supply its needs. It says this in, in Ephesians 4. We're going to be jumping around a lot. A lot of the verses are back on those two, um, those two sheets. But it says in verse 16, it says, From the whole body being fitted together, and that every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body, building up of itself in love. And so God fits it together, right? A person is born again, he gives them certain things, right? He, points them, he puts them here, he puts them there. It's not by accident, right? The uh, all-knowing God, all, uh, all, wit, you know, all wisdom, he specifically gives each, in, each individual different things, right? To, in itself, it says, according to this verse, to build itself up, right? Not something foreign. It comes from within. So when we talk about giving, who is it that's giving? It's not just particularly... If you look at your own body, you know, you have, you know, some appendages here that they can do different things, right? They can lift up uh, certain objects, and there's some power there. But they're not as strong as your legs, right? Your legs lift up a lot. But it doesn't say, well, only those who are blessed financially are the givers. It's everybody, right? It's the entire body. Whether you're in this particular situation or you're in that particular situation, every single person is part of this, right? That's part of the church. And so all of the members of the, of the body, the church, the body being the church, 
It supplies from itself. It comes from within. It doesn't come from without or any other foreign sources. Obviously, it comes from God. But when we talk about um, being in this um, uh, financial and, and monetary-driven world, right, we do, we do have to uh, live by these things, right? We exchange money for food and things like that. We do live in that world. God recognized that. But when the needs, there's a need, it comes from within. doesn't come from without. Okay, so that's the who, and we are short on time, so we're going to kind of go through some of this. Um, tonight, though, um, since I am on for tonight, we'll be answering those questions. Depending on how far we get in this, we, will, we won't try to rush it, but um, we'll look back at this. And if you have any questions, actually, of what's being said, you can throw them in there, and we'll try to look at them. So why? Why, why would we give in the first place? You know, the motivation sometimes keeps things going, right? Um, keeps you going and, and, and reminds you, you know, Paul always reminded Timothy, reminded him, wrote to him, remind him, reminded him of the work he's been called into, uh, encouraging him like this. And that's the encouragement that we have. Well, what, why would I want to give in the first place? Well, my Savior, my, savior, my God is a giver, right? We, this morning we looked at in, 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 in um, Romans 8, it says this, that God, he gave his son, he spared him not. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? So God the Son is now going to be the vehicle which God will give us things, right? The church, of course. But God did not spare him. He gave. If you talk about anything that's as valuable as that, there is nothing, right? God, who can, can you put a, a value or a price tag on what God gave up? Now, if that's not enough motivation for you, right? I don't know what would be. But God himself, if you are a Christian, God himself is a giver. And what would cheer the heart of God is for his, his sons, right, his sons and daughters, those who are brought into the church would be like him, right? That's what, he, he wants, that's what he's doing with me and you, right? He's making us and conforming us into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to fill heaven with people that look, uh, not just look physically, but are like the Lord Jesus, right? And so right now he's training you and I, right, to be like him. God is a giver. If that's not inform- uh a motivation for why, well, just remind yourself of what, who God is, right? And it's not just, he's not a giver like you and I, right? You know, sometimes we, we give when it's net, when it's, when, um, or we do things when it's going to benefit me, right? Well, I'm going to, and this happens in the work world. Somebody, you know, somebody told me this when I started my job at Memorial. He said, you know, if you want to move up, you need to go to such and such building because that's where all the Frank Sacco's and the people that are important there, you know, the CEOs. You need to go there because that will get you ahead of everybody, right? There's 12,000 employees, right? But if you show them that you can give yourself to the company, well, they'll move you up, right? And in the world's wisdom, that makes sense, right? They hold the power. But when we think about who's over them, well, be Barack Obama, right, the president or even the governor of Florida, Barack Obama, and then who's over him? I don't know, maybe the U.N. But then who's over them? The Lord himself. And what does he require, right? Give as he gave, right? Be like him. And so, you know, when you think about, you know, you can become short-sighted when it comes to that. And a Christian can be susceptible to these things when they live in this world, right? The world does rub off. But to be reminded that God is a giver, right? And not just to those who would benefit him, but to all. Um, another powerful thing is the stewardship. David talked about this a little bit when we looked at it, that we are tenants. Um, it says this, um, 
Also, it says, I, I failed to mention these verses. I had to write some of these. There's just so many. Is Philippians 4, 19. It says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Um, and so, you know, he's the one through the vehicle of the Son, right? He's using the Son to give you according to his riches, right? So his riches. And so the, going back to the stewardship, but um, it says this, um, and, and, and if you want to have at least, because it's so spread out about this, this topic, but there's two chapters that really talk about uh, a particular uh, 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 group of people that were giving, and, and, and Paul comments on it. It's 2 Corinthians, we'll be referring to it a couple times, but 2 Corinthians for your own reading, 8 and 9. Both chapters are, they have a lot to say about this. But um, it says this in, in, in 1 Corinthians, it says that stewards, we are called stewards, right? Remember, God's given us the resources. That's what a steward is. A steward doesn't have inherently the stuff he, or, or the possessions that he needs to work on and, and the resources they're given to him, right? That's what a steward is. But it says that a steward, in, in 1 Corinthians 4, it says a steward needs to be found trustworthy. Right? Paul said this of himself. I, I was given the gospel. I need to be found trustworthy. And you individually, too, me as well, you know, we need to be found trustworthy as well. God has entrusted something to you. He's entrusted not only possessions and material and tangible things, but intangible, right? Spiritual Something that is not, uh, you can't touch, right? But something that is, that you can use to supply the body, right? Not just talents, not just, uh, uh, and um, different things that I, God has given me as abilities of my body, but something that when I was saved, he'd given me. A gift, even the gift of, uh, a gift, I think we did gifts last, right? So one of the gifts is giving, right? And so anyway, there is a gift of giving. So stewardship. Uh, we're called to be trustworthy. But also, um, there's two parables that uh, kind of capture the idea of this. Now, I'm not going as far as saying that, you know, these two parables uh, directly in, the, in interpretation and translation would be towards the church. But it talks about, it, this, one is in, there's several, uh, they're repeated in the Synoptic Gospels, but Luke 20, uh, 9 to 18 is the parable of the vine growers, and Matthew 25 and starting in verse 14, talks about the parable of the talents. Both ideas are true. There was a, one party and there's another party. One party has everything. They've given something to the other party. And then the time of reckoning comes later that he's requiring something back, right? I've given you something and now I've come back to require something from you, right? So the, both parables, especially the one of the vine grower, right? There's a, there's a landowner and he's given... Uh, uh, tenants to come in and to and to grow and to cultivate the land, right? But they're they're found unfaithful. The parable of the talents. There are those who are faithful that the the resources that was given to them they they did something with it. But then there's those who are unfaithful, right? So it captures some of this idea. Why do we give? Because we're stewards. We have given things that God now is expecting us to do something with, and we are doing something with it. We're either using it for ourselves, using it for others, or whatever it is, or giving it back to God, right? And so each one of us is a giver. Say, that's eh, you know, great, you know, but wh- what do I mean by giving? You're either giving yourself to you know, something, yourself, pleasures, giving yourself to your job, whatever. But you know, give yourself, you're, you're giving your time, your resources, and everything. 
Give it to the Lord because you are a steward in his world. Okay. Uh, it's a responsibility as well, right? Now, I apologize. Oh, it's not so small, actually. I was trying to make this nice and presentable because we were up in Ohio, and, and Chris, um, his last, thank you, his name slipped my mind. Chris Schroeder came through, and he had this great presentation through Keynote, and I went through my PowerPoint. I didn't have anything, so I tried to make it visibly nice, but it turned out. Anyway, so responsibility. It's also responsibility of you, right? And, and God will hold you responsible. That's motivation too, right? Uh, uh, I think one of the questions we'll look at is the, great, is the judgment seat of Christ, where the Christians and their work are going to be tried by fire. But the responsibility of what God has given to you, he will take an account. He'll settle accounts. And to, I mean, that's, to me, when I think about that, that's a little scary, right? Because not only, it's not just like my job at work, right? I can get away with certain things and I can clock out early. And or it's, you know maybe take a three-hour lunch, whatever, and nobody will even know. Of course, God does. But when it comes to, to everything, that God is taking accurate records, right, and he will not miss anything. Responsibility, right? We're stewards. There's a responsibility. But also, it's an opportunity. Opportunity, David um, said this, that who are we that we should be able to give to you? He, he considered it an opportunity to be able to give back to God. It wasn't something that was like, oh, no, here he comes again. You know, God's expecting something from us. You know, it was, it was David who had thought God supplied this, the resources, yet God didn't expect it, yet David gave it back to the Lord. And so it was an opportunity for this. Um, it says this in Matthew 6.20. It says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And so, you know, it's an opportunity not only for, for, for you uh, in that sense to give back to God, but it's an opportunity to make an investment. Investment not in this, in this life, physical life, but in the life that you're going to be in, in heaven, right? Store up treasures in heaven. It says this, I was talking to somebody uh, to to David uh, between the meetings, but it, it, it says this of the church in Laodicea. It says, "You are rich," but it says this. Uh, it, what was their problem? He, the Lord says, "Buy from me, buy from me the riches." Right? They were going out in different areas. It, you know, maybe the speculation of what it was, but that church they were going in opposite directions instead of buying from the Lord, instead of getting to Him. And, and, and getting wisdom and giving their time to him. They were going in other places and they were saying they were rich. God's saying, you're not rich. You're not storing for yourself treasures in heaven. Right? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Right? There's the Lord waiting. You know, uh, the resources that he's giving you are responsibility. So it's an opportunity to store up treasures in heaven. It says this also in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Again, there's two chapters that we talk, uh, that a lot of this comes from about giving. It says, now that, not that I say this, it says, he who sows sparingly, this is 2 Corinthians 9, 6, will also reap sparingly, for he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And so there's, there's the idea of, of I've never been into farming, or never was a farmer, and if you were, maybe you know something about this, but the idea I can understand, right? If you're going to put time into it and work, and you're going to plant a big field, well, you're going to get big crops back. But if you do a little patch of dirt and you don't kind of fence it in and you don't take care of it, what do you expect you're going to get back? So the principle is there. Now, of course, 
God is not limited by that. I don't want to be, I don't want to say that this is, you know, this is, you know, because there's a, there's a false teaching out there that, you know, well, I'm doing everything's right. God's going to give me everything I, you know, he's going to give me bountifully in the sense of the world thinks, you know, cars and Lexuses and gold rings, right? Some of the people that were following the Lord closely were actually opposite, right? Think of Paul. He had to work as a tent maker. He had to do this. He was whipped. He, you know, in, in the modern world, he was, they probably thought he was a terrorist in today's language, right? They didn't want him in those towns. And so he wasn't well received. And you would think, man, what a life that was. But yet he was one that would say that he pleased God, right? He poured himself out as a drink offering. He understood that the stewardship was given to him, and he gave it all, or he gave as much as he could, right, back to the Lord. And so don't expect, I don't want to give that false hope that in the world's thinking, right, that God is bound by that. If you're going to give me, I'm going to give you more. He will supply your need. It says that. He will supply all your needs. But um, that is a principle uh, that God operates by uh, in that. Okay, and so I think there's one more. Yeah, is service, right? And, you know, it, it is a service. You know, we want to talk about, well, how can I serve God? Well, I'm not, I'm, maybe I'm not the... Um, you know, I, I don't like to get into clean toilets or, you know, maybe I don't like to do whatever. You start putting these things in limits on yourself, right? And you say, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. Well, there's something you can do, right? Give, right? It is a service. It says this in, in 2 Corinthians nine twelve. It says, for the ministry of this service, talking about giving, it says, not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is overthrown, overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. And that's, that's the second thing. They're, they're both together. Not only is it fulfilling the service to those who have a need, right, but it also is giving praise to God. So it becomes an example to others, right? How can I be a good example? Well, I can give, right? Now, we're gonna, in a second, we're going to maybe, I don't know if we're going to get there, but on the how is, you know, we're, we're not to broadcast it, right, and blow the trumpet and play the drums, you know, when I'm get, walking up to, you know, proverbial, alt, you know, the box over there or whatever and say, look how much I'm giving you and or giving to the Lord. But um, it's an example to others, right, of giving. And it's not just, you know, money. It's not just coins. It's not just that or whatever. It's time, right? It's yourself. It's talents and the things God has given you. You know, I, I look around here, not to use too many examples, but I look at the examples of some of the people here, women and men, who have been given certain talents, and they use it for the Lord, right? They give it back to those, and sometimes it's silently. You wouldn't even know it right, until that time comes, and then you realize, you know, that person has been gifted with that, and they're giving, right? And they come at the right time. God uses different individuals, right? You know, AC mechanics, uh, car mechanics, whatever it is. You know, it doesn't have to be mechanics, doctors, but people writing letters, you know, giving to others, right? Example to others, it gives praise to God. Second Corinthians 9, 2, it says, but it's overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. And so while you're giving, it is a service, but it also gives praise to God, right? And so if I want to give praise to God, I can be a giver. Okay, so we touched on a little bit of this, but this is not original with me, uh, but I did like it. Um, what to give, right? There's three T's, and there's time, there's talent, and there's treasures, right? If you want to think about what to give, time, talent, treasures, the Bible says this. It says, redeem the time for the days are evil. So things aren't getting better here, but we're called to buy back that time that God has given it. Redeem it, right? So that's time. I think that's probably one of the greatest battlefields of all Christians, 
right? Especially in, in a world where there is a lot to occupy the mind. There's things to keep you busy. And being busy, you think, oh, that's a good thing to be, right? It's not necessarily, right? You can be busy and you can give yourself to certain things that could draw you away from the Lord, right? But give yourself to the Lord. Give your time to the Lord, your talents. Uh, um, I think of, of, of some individuals, even our own youth group, every, every uh, Friday they come and they give their talents in, in, in different ways, you know, music, uh, leading games, whatever it is. I mean, simple things like that. You think, God's not noticing this. He is, right? He is. And, he, and he's pleased by that, you know. And it's a service to the church. Remember, this church is the needs are supplied from within. It doesn't come from without. Yes, we do eat food. But the needs come from within. The blood moves the oxygen around. And think about the example of the body. So from within, it supplies its needs. And also, treasures. Of course, um, this probably uh, um, another section, not just of those things. You know, each individual has to live, right? So they do have, they do have the ability to, to, to give something. Whether it doesn't have to be money. Maybe you are a farmer. Maybe you can give crops. I don't know but treasures, things of this world. But I want to add another thing to this, and, and it's not, in the, I couldn't think of a T word for it, but it's spiritual gift. I know we talked about it last week, but spiritual gift, you know, it's the same principle. I can take my spiritual gift and I can hide it under, as it were, that, that unfaithful servant of the talents, right? I can bury it in. And, and sometimes, you know, even if I do that, God still uh, lets that gift come out somehow, right? Even though I might be an unwilling subject. But to get the full benefit, the full joy, right, is to, is to give that gift and to unlock it and use it for the Lord, right? How do, how do I use it for the Lord? Well, I look to what things God has drawn his attention to, the church, right? God is concerned about the church, and, and I can and please the heart of God by using that spiritual gift uh, uh, for the Lord. And so uh, I think what we'll try to do is wrap up around here and and then look at the rest tonight but um you know everybody wants to know this and and at some point well how much you know how much do i have to give and even that sounds like a bad attitude already you know how much oh gosh you know sunday i guess have to give you know this and everybody you know i'm not going to um i will tell you one thing but I, I won't say the amount, exact amount. The New Testament does not give any amount, exact amount, right? Um, there is a principle in the Old Testament, right, that God had his welfare program he set up in the nation of Israel. And what he did is he exacted certain things from the, from the citizens, right? And that was to supply the needs of those who were poor. God, God knew ahead of time, right, even before they were established as a nation. And that was the amount of 10%. And, but you won't find that principle in the, in the New Testament. You won't find God commanding the church or those who are in the church to give 10%. And, and maybe before the Lord, that's perhaps what you feel that the Lord wants you to do. But keep in mind, remember, all things are God's. So maybe you're thinking 10% is the Lord's and 90% is mine, when 100% is the God's and none of it's mine. So keep those principles in mind when you're thinking about amount. Everything belongs to God. So what does God say about this? What does the Holy Spirit teach us? It says in 2 Corinthians 8, 24, it says, At this present time, it talks about this chapter of giving and this particular group of people who gave, but it says this, At this present time, your abundance being a supply for their need, so that their abundance also will become a supply for your need, that there may be an equality. And so Paul says, 
You've been given an abundance. It's not to go out and, and to spend it on yourself, whatever it was. It's for something else. It's for their need. And so maybe you've come across certain things. I don't know your different lies. And I'm speaking to myself first, right? Maybe I've come into a promotion. Maybe I've gotten new patients at my office. Maybe I'm doing more drawings for my architect. Whatever it is. Why has that come? There must be a need somewhere else. God knows, right? It might not be revealed at this time, but it says your abundance was for their need. So when we think about the amount, it's what the abundance is. You know, before the Lord, you need to, you know, make that amount, you know, between you and the Lord. I can't answer for you. You need to answer for yourself. Remember, it's a responsibility. You're called a steward, a steward uh, with God's possessions. But the amount is the abundance that you have. It's not for yourself. It's for something else, right? God has given it for, for the needs that are being, uh, the needs in the church. And Paul brings that out, or the Holy Spirit teaches that. Um, but also, one more thing, I'll, I'll probably just end on this. Because it, it, we think about God and we think about, well, what can I do to spend my, life, uh, my time with? It says certain things, you know, of course, in, in John 6, uh, excuse me, John 3.16, it says that God so loved the world. But it, it says in different things that God loves blank. It says this, God loves, and this is in, in 2 Corinthians 9, again, 9.7, it says God loves a cheerful giver. Now, he gives a requirement first, not only to give, but one that gives cheerfully, right, with the right reasons. But it says God loves a cheerful giver. Do you want to, I mean, who doesn't want to be loved by God, right? So God loves a cheerful giver. Remember, we are stewards on this earth. David recognized that when we opened up. We are stewards and tenants on the earth. And we are passing through. The abundance that God has given, everything has, that we have in our possession has been given by God. And we are called to be uh, uh, responsible with the things that God has given to us. Because we will be given, uh, we will be settling accounts with God later. But um, what can we give? Time. You know, redeem the time for the days are evil. Our, our talents, spiritual gifts, our treasures, right? Everything in our life, right, comes from his hand. Nothing generates from, with, uh, nothing generates from within ourselves. What is the amount? The abundance that we have, right? So the abundance of time that I have, I have a choice to make. I can either go this way and, and, and perhaps I can use it to satisfy some personal need or whatever. And, and maybe it's even a good uh, and moral thing to do, but it's not something God would want you to do at that time, right? So remember, the abundance that you have is used to supply the needs of the church, right? And so that principle comes from 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 9, 12. And so uh, what we'll do, we'll look at the remainder. There's not too much, but uh, instead of rushing through it, We'll look at it tonight since um, I am speaking tonight. So let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for uh, this day. We just pray, Lord, that you would um, uh, help us, Lord, because this is an, uh, an area, Lord, that we constantly combating with, Lord, and, and the idea that the things that we have and the hardworking time that we put in, it's something that is ours, right? It, it, is, it is something you have given man to do is to work, but the possessions and the resources you have supplied them with your own hand and so what a privilege it is to give back to you and lord maybe may we count it as a privilege and be counted as faithful and trustworthy stewards on this earth with our time and our possessions and our talents in lord jesus name we pray amen